0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision.
1: Well, for the best part of the last decade, we have been keeping you up to date on Vision through Vision National News, with developments in the international case of Asia Bibi. She is the mother of five who was accused of insulting the Prophet Muhammad following a quarrel with two fellow farm workers and who refused to drink from a cup that was used by a Christian. Asia Bibi was arrested in 2009. She was found guilty of blasphemy. And now, after eight years facing execution on death row, she has been acquitted. At this moment, as I understand it, she remains in custody at an undisclosed detention facility in Pakistan and her family are in hiding for their own safety. Her acquittal led Islamist leaders to call for the death of the judges who made the decision and the removal of the government. Hundreds of thousands have protested on the streets. Many schools were closed and mobile phone networks in some areas were suspended. Well, let's get some real insights into the possibilities for Azia Bibi. Wilson Chowdhury is chair of the British Pakistani Christian Association, who says Azia Bibi and her entire family are in need of immediate asylum. He has power of attorney to speak for Azia Bibi and her family. And I want to make a special welcome to 2020 uh, to Wilson Chowdhury. Wilson, welcome along. Uh, hi there, how are you? I'm Will Wilson and uh, uh, we're glad that you're on our shores in Australia and you're here to uh, bring the word uh, from Asia Bibi and her family and uh, to uh, no doubt you're having some meetings uh, with government figures here in Australia. But let me just ask you some of the details about Asia. At the, the present time, as I understand it, she's being hunted house to house in Pakistan. Is that the way that things look for her right now?
2: Not so much Asia, but her family is. Um, Asia has been protected by the Pakistani government. She's in a safe place. Um, as she cannot be found. Uh, extremists are looking for family members because they want retribution. They believe that she is an, a blasphemer and that there must be a death, a, a price to pay for this sin. Uh, her family have been moving from home to home. They're looked after by a man named Joseph Nadim, who's acted as a guardian for them. And and recently they sent out a video praying for uh, their protection. Uh, The government has now stepped up protection for that family. But as you can imagine, when they were walking around home to home with pictures, it did cause huge fright.
1: You've said that every moment that she stays in Pakistan, Asia Bibi remains a lightning rod for radical extremists. Uh, This is something that won't be resolved until she is either removed from the nation or or she's killed. How do you describe just the the severity of the situation she's in?
2: Well, to to, to paint a picture, if people look at videos or the footage uh, that came out of Pakistan of the riots um where hundreds of thousands of people were shouting for Asia Bibi to be killed they wanted to lynch her they had images of Asia Bibi with a noose around her neck we're not talking about 20 or 30 people in a riot these are mass huge riots not in one city but across the whole of the country in my opinion over 90% of the population wants her dead for this perceived blasphemy and this is despite Pakistan's most senior High Court judges and Supreme Court judges having freed Asya Bibi. Saqib Nisa himself, who sat on the panel and presided over it, was the chief justice. But this doesn't mean anything to these Muslims, because they've been inculcated with this hate ideology in Pakistan, um, whereby if an imam preaches hatred, they're so quickly triggered to violence. Uh, and, and this is the major concern, that... Um, you know, it's with such a high level of illiteracy in Pakistan, uh, people in their everyday lives take their directions from their local imams, who they feel have got, are, are, are people of great spiritual counsel. So when they say Asya is a blasphemer, irrespective of what the courts say, irrespective of what the government say, irrespective of what we, of what we in, the, in the West say, in their minds, she's simply a blasphemer and must be killed.
1: Take us into a little cultural understanding here, Wilson, because in Pakistan there was a British colonial government at one stage and much of the Pakistani legal system has been based on that and from our Christian perspective in Australia, we might understand the Christian foundations for a legal system that has established there in Pakistan, but you've got this cultural uh, contrast with the Islamic style of government, and this is what's coming into a clash here. How do you describe the culture as as listeners today might be wanting to make sense of what's happening with Azhar Well, let
2: me let, let me describe a little bit about the blasphemy laws. They were introduced by the British. They were adju- introduced in the 19, in eighteen eighties, in eighteen eighty four exactly, uh, where, uh, under the Pakistani Penal Code section. 295 um, of the of the Pakistan Penal Code. Now, at that time, it was simply a public order offence, um, a maximum sentence of uh, two years and a, and a small fine. But they were Islamicized in the 1980s when General Zia, a dictator, took over. He introduced a life sentence for blaspheming because this, the hurt and offence to a Muslim from any type of blasphemy against Muhammad or the prophets or the Quran it's something unbearable. And later, it, uh, he also added a death sentence, which is uh, what Asi Bibi has had to suffer for the last few years. So you can imagine, you know, the laws that were brought in by the West have been completely transformed. I mean, the whole country is geared up against the minorities, against those who are non-Muslims. Uh, yeah, the Article Number One of the Constitution says you cannot. That the the country is named the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. Article Number Two states Islam is the national faith. Article Forty Seven states that you cannot be President or Prime Minister of Pakistan unless you are a Muslim of forty five years of age. Um, yeah, they have they have Sharia courts. They have great impetus. You know, the the majority of the laws in Pakistan will will have a theme of Sharia in them. Uh, Despite the Pakistani Penal Code often contradicting Sharia courts, uh, a a further decision can then be taken up on the behest of an an imam. And, uh, you know, for instance, in in the case of uh, women who have been raped in Pakistan, often uh, they can be found with, uh, they find themselves under the cover of a, 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 a sentence for adultery because of how Sharia works. So, yes, there are major concerns, and yeah, the legal system of Pakistan is fraught with failure uh, because of this clinging to medieval draconian laws.
1: Wilson, you're in Australia, and no doubt you'll be meeting with some government departments, and uh, there have been calls for our government to immediately offer asylum to Azi Abibi, and uh, reports are uh, from some sources that the government has agreed that that's the case. Of course uh, there's a condition there they're waiting first to see what happens with Canada. Uh, but let me just take you to uh, your home country in the UK where as I understand it the British Prime Minister Theresa May reportedly personally blocked any asylum request to the UK. Uh, any thoughts on the fact that she's said no and uh, and and on on the other countries that might be offering asylum?
2: For me it's an enduring shame that Theresa May took that decision. For the daughter of a Methodist preacher, I just feel that it's a failure that is unacceptable. Um, I I received an email from an all-parliamentary party group secretary. Uh, In that email, he warned me, um, we need to find some help for Asia Bibi wherever we can. It said that European nations were refusing or reluctant to provide Asia Bibi with asylum because of fears, attacks to their embassies, And uh, civil unrest within their own realms should be given asylum. In particular, Britain was one of those countries. And I raised this as an issue through the local media and was uh, 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 condemned by many Muslims for speaking out in this fashion. They accused me of making up the allegation. Uh, But uh, since then, Ashik Masi himself has spoken out and clarified that Britain was one of the few countries that didn't provide, well, one of the many countries that was unwilling to provide asylum to Asiyah Bibi. Um, we, we when the family contacted me three, three weeks ago and informed me that uh, despite attempts at several embassies, they were unable to get asylum, I suggested they sent me a video. Um, Ashik Massey, in a, a plea to the West, said... Uh, I would like to seek asylum in Canada, America, or Britain. This was sent out through global media. A copy of this video was sent with an appeal expressing that I had a power of attorney to the governments of America, Canada, and Britain. Um, Britain never responded. And when they did respond later, um, they simply said that they could not speak on an individual case. Uh, it has caused immense fury in, in Britain, I think, a lot of um, introspection. And um, following um, the release of that video and, and my comments about Britain's fears, uh, three Muslim Imams, for the first time uh, in Britain, uh, wrote a letter uh, to the government uh, imploring them to allow Asib Bibi to have asylum in Britain, more to the point. Um, we had uh, 39 MPs' uh, rights uh, you know, that they endorse sorry, a proposal for us to be given um, asylum in the UK. Uh, however, Britain still has not moved on that position. I did meet with Lord Ahmed, who is the Minister for the UN and Commonwealth at the Foreign Office, and he told me once again that he could not confirm whether she would be given uh, asylum, but he confirmed once again that... Britain would be involved in the diplomatic process to ensure safety for this woman. For a country with such a lauded and, um, uh, and vaunted um, position when it comes to helping asylum seekers and refugees, especially when they helped uh, uh, um, Malala Yousafzai and, uh, and, um, and many others, I should say, uh, for them to fail in this way, It is sending out the wrong message to extremists. It simply says, you know, we are too fearful to stand up for truth and justice in the way we used to. Uh, And for me, I think it will create a level of impunity that will undermine Britain going forward.
0: A biblical perspective on life, culture and current
1: events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. A significant conversation you can be a part of. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 Should Azia Bibi be offered asylum here in Australia? She was arrested in 2009, found guilty of blasphemy, Now, after eight years facing execution on death row, she has been acquitted, but she is still in detention in Pakistan. Our special guest this hour, uh, talking through some of these issues, is Wilson Chowdhury, Chair of the British Pakistani Christian Association. Uh, We're on the line with Wilson today from Parliament House in Canberra, where he's got some high-level meetings, and no doubt advocating for a special opportunity for Australia to offer asylum to Azi Abibi. We've been discussing whether that might be a good thing or whether that might be a bad thing. Is our government courageous enough, strong enough? Are we strong enough to support our government if it made a decision that said we should offer asylum to Azi Abibi? Uh, Wilson Chowdhury, as I understand it, the intimidation tactics are so strong in Pakistan that even uh, the judges who acquitted Azi Bibi were threatened with death. Uh, Her lawyer has fled the country and there are threats even to the Pakistani government. Uh, What are your thoughts on, on just how significant and strong these sorts of intimidation threats are?
2: Well, in previous history, we've heard of two politicians being killed for calling for Asiy Bibi to be set free. In 2011, January 2011, I should say, uh, Salman Taseer, a Muslim governor from Punjab, was shot dead uh, after having met with Asiy Bibi and called for calling for her freedom. He spoke about the uh, um, termination of the blasphemy laws, which he called draconian laws that were unnecessary in the modern age. Um, we also then had, within three months of that killing, the murder of, uh, the murder of um, Shabazz Bhatti, who was the only ever Christian to enter the federal ministry of Pakistan. Um, he, again, called for freedom for Asya Bibi and reformation of the blasphemy laws. Uh, both of these men were deemed Blasemis for simply calling for Asya's freedom. Um, in, 2011, you know, in 2010, two Christian pastors were shot dead after being exonerated of blasphemy in Fasabad. Uh, the judge himself was killed. So these are real fears. Uh, it, it's proven before that extrajudicial killings occur. I mean, not only for senior politicians, but for the for the minor individuals, for the victims themselves. Uh, Shama and Shehzad, in 2014, a Christian couple accused of a blasphemy, uh, were beaten. Shama was raped, gang raped in front of her husband. She was dragged, the, both the couple were then tied, had their hands tied at the wrist tied them to a van, were dragged across the rocky terrain, and somehow survived, and then were thrown into a brick kiln for good measure. Most people would think they would have died from the first pains, but their children said they saw their parents twitch as they burned alive in the fire. And their presumption was that the mother and father were still alive as they were burnt to a crisp. Uh, I mean, it's a very intolerant nation, And a man named Michal Khan was beaten to death uh, for humanist views in a university, not only by the students, but by the professors uh, too. Uh, The the, the, the rot has set in into every tier of society. It's very difficult to know how we can ever bring about any change in
1: Pakistan. We're taking calls. 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Vicky in Victoria. Hello, Vicky. Welcome along. Thank you. What are your thoughts?
3: Um, Well, I'm I'm just thinking that um, I'm old enough to remember, and I'm sure other people are as well, um, that in the 50s and 60s and up even into the 70s, Australia offered asylum to many people who just wanted to come into this country as an individual um, because of the regime that they were living in. Their lives were under threat for some reason, and it was given to them. Um, And I really, you know... I can't see why they won't do that for this particular lady when her need is extremely great Um, and she has a family who also need help. Um, Any country should have um, compassion for people in her position but um, you know I think we have the resources and everything to have her come here and uh, hopefully that will happen.
1: Vicky, good thoughts there. Let's get a response from Wilson, because as Vicky's sharing, it may actually be one of the safer places in the world to have Asia Bibi in Australia. What are your thoughts for Vicky, what she's sharing along those lines, Wilson?
2: Well, Australia, like many Western nations, has had a, a proven history of assisting those in most in need. I mean, all, all, most nations in the West have signed the UN Declaration for Human Rights and have also signed the UN Declarations for Asylum, um, and they adhere to them. The problem arising uh, with Asia Bibi is it does seem to be this fear of the type of terrorism it can generate within the nation and uh, the type of fear it can, or the type of intimidation it can create for our embassies, in, especially in those, those who are... Uh, based in islamic na- uh, countries where intolerance can be slightly more rife than than in the west um i would say that um i mean i'm 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 very pleased that um, after we held a protest in sydney on saturday uh, peter dutton did speak to miranda Devine, and um, we've had this confirmed um that uh, he has assured um us that um the australian government will offer um, asylum to Asiyah Bibi but because obviously there's an advancing application going through Canada um, they, they are seeking uh, uh, a decision on that before beginning the process for Asiyah Bibi and I am very aware that uh, Peter Dutton himself would have the authority and the power in essence to give automatic asylum to Asiyah Bibi I mean we're trying to see st- we're, st- we're, st- we're still meeting with um, officials and, uh, and and ministers here in in, in in the canberra Parliament um and i'm hoping uh, to meet uh, peter Dutton's search uh, for because uh, Peter Dutton himself is injured this week um and, and perhaps suggesting that we prioritize that um, asylum offer and rather than awaiting a decision on canada uh try to fast track it to see if it is possible that ia may come here directly okay. without having to to have the the onerous weight that she's had to suffer so far.
1: Uh, Wilson, let me just ask you that if Azi Bibi and her family came to Australia, uh, it would be a major cultural difference here. Uh, She was coming from really the poorest of the poor in Pakistan and would need special support. What were your thoughts on, on if she were granted asylum in Australia?
2: If Asya is granted asylum in Australia or any English-speaking country or any foreign-speaking country, she will need constant support. Uh, The family are all illiterate. uh, They haven't had any schooling. Um, Ashik Masi, her husband, worked in the brick kilns of Pakistan. He was a slave worker, in essence. He would have signed a contract or been under a contract signed by his, the patriarch in his family, the patriarch before them. It's generational Slavery, um, which would have been signed with a thumbprint because they're too illiterate to sign their own name. Uh, the contract would require them to work for at least fourteen hours a day, six days a week, sometimes seven, um, making thousands of bricks for only three pounds payment per day, so they would barely have enough food for their table or for their you know just maintaining a house above them, their heads um Asya Bibi herself was a berry picker earning one pound fifty a day. For similarly arduous work, um, it, it is going to be difficult. Uh, Their children have had some education because, obviously, since Asi uh, plight, uh, charity has helped them. But for whatever reasons, uh, um, I mean, one of them is severely mentally impaired, and the other one has uh, not learned a second language. There is going to be a time of great struggle. I mean, they have to readjust to, to life outside. Um, Asya, Bibi, and Ashika are going to find it very hard to find work. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to converse uh, or, and, and understand instructions given to them. Um, and and you know, Isham will probably develop uh, the youngest daughter. Uh, she will have the capability to learn language, I'm sure, and uh, hopefully attain a decent enough career. Um, but but the the, the, the the second daughter is mentally impaired, severely. So there's always going to be a, a constant... Um, and uh, a constant need of support from her mother and father so the, these there are great great complications and we as a group intend to to help them get over that and uh, we will ensure that they have adequate support from people that understand their language and can, can communicate with them whether they're supplied by us internally in the country working with the pakistani christian communities in australia or um or, or sent in from from wherever yeah, maybe from britain um, and, and 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 that's what we intend to do. I mean if people want to learn more about what we do, they can go to our website org just to see the range of support services we do and can provide at this moment.
1: I'll give that website again in just a few minutes but I can't tell you how humbled uh, I feel and I know listeners will feel that same way uh, to hear you reflecting on the needs of Azi Abibi's family and some of those very personal and uh, significant needs that they face and we all recognise that Australia is in a prime position to be able to help with those needs. We're taking calls, we'll take perhaps only one or two because we've got a certain uh, shortness of our conversation because of another appointment that Wilson has. But let's take a call quickly from Daniel in Gaira in New South Wales. Hello, Daniel. Welcome along. Hello. Daniel, quickly, what is your thought, please?
2: We are to not be afraid, but be dressed in the wisdom of our Saviour. I'm sitting in our house at the minute and watching the clouds going across the
3: sky and uh, we can be comforted that it's not until we
2: stand for the person of Jesus that he helps us. He...
1: Daniel, you're making a very powerful point. As Christians, we're not to be walked over, uh, but we need to have some strength of character and to stand for convictions uh, and uh, let me just uh, hold off on a comment there from Wilson while I let uh, Wilson in on another Facebook comment that we received from Carolyn who says yes Australia should offer Azi Bibi and her family asylum and as a Christian Aboriginal woman myself I welcome her and her family and Christians worldwide should be standing up in support for our persecuted brothers and sisters regardless of the cost. Our own Prime Minister Scott Morrison is a a Christian and we thank God for him right now uh, for being in this position I wonder whether you've got some thoughts on the Christian conviction and standing firm in that uh, Wilson what are your thoughts
2: oh well, let me tell you the story asya Bibi has suffered nine and a half years of complete isolation in solitary confinement uh she has had to cook her own food because of attempts to kill her um in food poisoning um inmates have to beat her, used to beat her and bully her Um, She was often uh, um, forced to, well, uh, there were attempts made to force her to Islam. Um, I said, Bibi, at any point in time, could have simply said, I believe in Allah, Uh, I I believe in the Quran. She could have converted to Islam, and the doors to her locks would have fell to the floor. But she bravely, over the nine and a half years of her incarceration, stood firm, held to her faith, trusted God. And she's been very open about this. Every time she felt down, she simply prayed and sought a solace, recognizing the power of God and that one day he would set her free. She never stopped believing, and neither should we. You know, all that's happening now is this further delay and blunder by the Pakistani government. It hasn't shaken Asa Bibi's faith. She's confident she will leave that country. And she's confident that God is going to give her this new life, this new life of freedom. And we await that. But of course, she's traumatized, and you know we've heard that uh, she's suffering some form of mental trauma. But we'd have to see how bad that is. Uh, but irrespective of every single difficult moment, it was God that saw saw her through. Nobody else had the power to do so. Well,
1: I want to thank Daniel for his call, and for those who've been leaving notes on Facebook. Let's take one more call. Let's take a call from Alexander in Victoria. Alexander, welcome. Uh, good morning. How are you? Very I'll well. Keep it very brief first we should definitely of course grant her asylum uh, you mentioned earlier on there could be repercussion but let us all remember when hitler came along nobody stood up and by the time that did it was simply too late and we all paid the price so there comes a point as especially as christians we have to say that's enough let's bring her to australia or canada if they're willing to do it first And I think it's shameful that, because I'm a migrant, I came here many years ago, that Australia, a big country, a beautiful country, a rich country, and we as Australians do not appreciate enough what we have, we should bring her here and her family and welcome them. But my main concern is the repercussions, nobody stopped Hitler until it was too late. Alexander, good thoughts. There is a certain sense, Wilson, and uh, your thoughts for Alexander, but the idea that somehow or other while we have... Uh, this freedom here in Australia and as we have uh, even there's the debate going on over freedom that you may be familiar with but uh, but we do need to stand up and make a stand and stand firm even though there may be threats uh, is this is uh, perhaps the only way to uh, see a future forward when it comes to the standing particularly of nations formed with a Christian heritage uh, in light of the rise of Islam uh, a quick thought on on freedom and uh, perhaps on some of the things you've heard in this last few moments.
2: Well, I mean, perhaps I should share that um, you know, the trigger Asya Bibi has been in Britain for introspection and debate. I mean, uh, uh, Recently I queried, you know, why do we allow jihadi brides and dire soldiers back, and yet we're not as pri- allowing uh, uh, asylum to an innocent Christian mother of five. This has been in the media, and you'd be surprised at how much support has come through for Asya Bibi. I think, you know, uh, even even Muslims themselves who are Threatened by extremism, that's going to consume them. Uh, you know, those with more moderate views—they—they've they've, uh, spoken out about how how it's so essential that uh, uh, this symbolic woman and her efforts are recognised, so that you know the world doesn't fall into a trap of uh, this ideology that that seems to be wanting to, to to remove all freedoms that we have and uh, and the sense of equality that we've achieved in these nations. So, you know, I honestly think, I think maybe many years to come will, will be seen as a trigger for much much in the world that will have changed. Um, yes, we do have to stand up. We do have to make sure that our Christian values and principles aren't eroded from from our societies. And obviously the push isn't just from Islam, it's from many other different factions. You've got military sectors that's are threatening to consume many of these Western countries too. And, you know, just be, sometimes speaking about uh, out about our christian values can be of grave uh, grave concern to, to us um, yet we ha- we have become as as westerners uh, complacent uh, and allowed things to happen and haven't been as united in our voices especially as Christ- a christian family and i think that has allowed uh, laws and uh, situations and practices and policies by government to undermine the christian faith and maybe Maybe, I maybe it will be that trigger for us to re-emphasise the need for those freedoms to be enshrined um, as much as they were and have been for, uh, for, for the, in the past uh, before, before it's too late. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely side with you on that one.
1: Well, we are going to have to put a line under the calls. Our conversation has to finish in just a few moments because of an appointment that Wilson has in Canberra. Uh, let me point people to the website that Wilson mentioned: britishpakistanichristians.org, dot org. There are some petitions and there is some resource detail that you can access there that will be all about Azia Bibi and her family. Uh, My suspicion is uh, that as there are meetings that will be unfolding between Wilson and high-level politicians today, uh, that that will require our prayers. As Christian believers, let's be prayerful about how those meetings go. We're very familiar with the idea that the blasphemy laws that have caused all of this uh, consternation, all of this uh, craziness that we're seeing in Pakistan, very similar to the sorts of laws that we call anti-discrimination laws in Australia, where they create a weapon for people to be able to use in an anti-discrimination uh, exercise. Well, I want to thank very much our special guest this hour, uh, Wilson Chowdhury, who's chair of the British Pakistani Christian Association. That website, one more time, britishpakistanichristians.org. I'll also point you to the Australian Christian Lobby website where you'll be able to keep up to date with uh, developments as they come, acl.org.au, and, of course, Vision National News will bring you details of those as well. Uh, Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us, Wilson. Appreciate your comments, appreciate your insights, and uh, our prayers are with you as you are meeting with government leaders today. Uh, The Lord's blessing on you.
2: Thank thank you very much to Vision and thank you very much to the uh, the Australian Christian Lobby too.
0: Before you go, thanks for listening.
2: There's lots more great
0: audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported.